Hey everyone, Brandon here, and I'm sure in the background you will hear my kids screaming because I am recording this from my garage. Welcome to The Start, a podcast, and I've been talking about it for years, wanting to start a podcast around ideas and bringing them to life, but honestly, I held myself back because of fear and doubt of what others may think, but I kind of don't care anymore, (laughs) so here we go. Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty raw, kind of unedited as much as it can be um, because that's just kind of my vibe now. <laughs> I uh, want to strip away anything that represent anything, represents anything that's fake or phony. Honestly, this intro, I think this is my hundredth take because I was trying to make it perfect, but I decided I'm just going to hit record and see what happens. So. Yes, there's a lot of uncertainty in our world right now, and it seems a little strange to start a podcast, but honestly, I feel like there's no better time than now. Um, The world around us is changing fast, and honestly, some of these changes are going to last forever. And so I think we need to innovate, and I wanted to reach out to a few of my friends and hear, hey, how did you get your start? And then what are you doing right now to innovate um, because of the, the way that everything is changing around us? So in this first episode, you will hear from my friend Zoe, who is a hairstylist from San Diego, California. She is an incredible person, individual, and I have been just so inspired by her, knowing her for so many years. She was the first person to give me a proper beard trim way back in the day when I had a beard. Um, And that's honestly how we met. (laughs) Um, So I'm really excited about this. We actually recorded this over Instagram live. And so yes, you'll hear my kids screaming in the background and my kids coming out asking questions. And uh, yeah, that's just how it's going to be. So hope you enjoy this. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh, can you even see me? How are you? You got your baby with you too. Yeah, she's, you know, camera shy, so she's turned away the opposite direction. Aww. How are you? How are you? You first. Oh my gosh. I It's so weird not seeing you with a beard. I'm so used to your giant beard. You were um, the first I'm... one. You were the first one to give me a proper trim. That's crazy. It was, yep. So, I mean, that was a long time ago, ago when I grew it out. Yes. Yep. And when wow. I grew it out, you were the first one. That's crazy. I'm good. I mean, quarantining is not my forte. I will say that. I, you know, I like 12 to 14 hour work days. So it's driving me crazy. It's different. Um, For the family, it's fairly normal. We already homeschooled the kids. Right. And so they were home. Ava did go to school two days a week. um, And... Um, unfortunately, she can't right now, but she did have a Zoom class with her class this morning, which was super cool. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, I got an, uh, my office is now in the garage, which is a little different, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> Enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I uh, brought a bunch of my salon stuff home so I could make yeah. videos and do content and stuff like that. Yeah. And of course, the one thing I forget is my rolling tray. So I can have stuff next to me and I live in a studio, so I don't have a lot of counter space. So I have doll heads everywhere and (laughs) color all over the place and it's a mess. It's awesome. It's awesome. Hey, I know who you are, but like two minutes, like who is Zoe? What do you do? Yeah. So I'm Zoe. Hello to everybody watching that I might not know. Um, 
I'm a hairdresser in San Diego, so I do have my own studio. I have a Sola, and it's just me behind the chair there. I'm there pretty much seven days a week. I also teach at a cosmetology school in the evening, normally, um, at Bellis Academy. So I'm there four nights a week, and I do my own independent education as well. So I go to salons and do all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been doing hair about she's seven or eight years now and I started in a traditional salon and was the creative director there and then kind of went more independent after four years of being under somewhat of a reign of terror <laughs> um so you know it was a very hard time leading up to that but mm -hmm. it kind of was the best thing to happen so now I run my own business and it's crazy but, what was what was tell, tell me about that transition like when you transitioned from working with somebody to your own thing like what were um, the steps that you took to make that happen yeah well i mean my story is a little bit it's non-traditional um i had always wanted to do my own thing but i probably wouldn't have in the way that i did um <laughs> I kind of got the rug pulled out from underneath me. Some people who are watching probably know the story. Some people probably know part of the story, but not the whole thing. But it was not my choice to leave the salon that I was at in the way that I had left. So for me, it was kind of a fight or flight type of, okay, now I have to do mm -hmm. something and I have the opportunity to. Um, I probably would have eventually started my own business, but it would have taken me a lot longer. So, I mean, the steps that I took were kind of like, one, don't panic. I mean, because I went from working and being full-time, being the creative director of a salon, to having none of my clients' information, having, you know, my savings, but that was my savings. So I was like, well, I guess now is a good a time as ever to build a business from this. And everything kind of fell into place, but looking into it, now the things that fell into place wouldn't have if I didn't work as hard as I did mm. leading up to that. Yeah. So very non-traditional start, but um, it smoothed out a little bit there. <laughs> you know? Now in hindsight, in hindsight, are you grateful that the rug was pulled out from under you? Yeah. That absolutely. you were kind of like pushed off the cliff and yes. is a good luck? <laughs> you know when people say they work better under stress or under pressure? Yeah. That's me times a million. Yeah. Um, as crazy as it all was and in, you know, that first week of panic, mm -hmm. I thought the world was ending. And then, mm -hmm. you know, a month later I was, I, so I was working at another salon in the meantime as what's supposed to be a transition. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a truck drove into the salon and the oh, salon wow. flooded and all these things that kept happening that were kind of signs of, mm -hmm. you know, get out and make something happen. Yeah. It was just kind of, it had to happen that way. So I'm very grateful for it now because you know that you always find a reason not to do something where, yeah. you know, I'm not financially stable or this is coming up or I have this planned. And sometimes you just kind of need a little bit of a push to yeah. do what you know you're supposed to do. Well, I would think as a hairstylist, you're kind of used to that pressure because when you've got somebody in the chair and you've got this, 
one opportunity to hopefully get it right. And you're, you're yeah. doing a lot. You're not just like doing their hair, but you're trying to build a relationship, have a conversation and then get to know them, their personality and how that fits. And so like, that is, that's, I mean, that's intense. It's a lot of the responsibility. Multitask. Yeah. yeah. And so like having that much of responsibility and not just like styling somebody's hair, but then also you're running a business and trying to grow a business and right. keep in touch with your clientele while snipping hair. And so like, what, what do you enjoy? Like, what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy the creative side of things of actually cutting the hair or the business aspect of things? Or do you like both? I hate the business side of it. <laughs> if you would have asked me, That's I don't funny. know, even three years ago, yeah. if I, cause I always ask any of my clients, I've always said, I absolutely never want to own a salon. Yeah. Never. And that's still true. Um, I don't want to manage creative people because I know what managing myself is like. Mm. Um, and I have really high standards technically as mm. well. So I would probably have maybe like two employees and that would be it. Yeah. But I like the business side of it in the sense that I can make my own decisions as far as the companies I choose to partner with, um, yes. aligning with them ethically and all that is, mm. it's nice to kind of be able to build my own culture and not mm -hmm. have to find somewhere else where that fits. Yeah. Um, but I just want to do hair and hang <laughs> out with my clients. I, if I like the doing taxes and, you know, inventory <laughs> and figuring out when to do what. And yeah. it's, I hate it. I'm, I don't love that aspect of it, but at mm -hmm. the end of the day, it's, it's nice to know that I can do it. It's kind yeah. of empowering in a way, I guess. Yeah. It's a good thing that you're doing it because you have an understanding of both sides now. And I'm, I'm curious now that you've kind of been in that role mm -hmm. looking back and potentially the management that you were under you're like oh i i kind of get it now and like maybe me as a creator and how i could have helped i could have helped the situation a little bit better you know what i mean it's like now you're kind of like understanding both sides a little bit more i don't know yeah. that, i don't know if that makes sense at all I, it totally makes sense i think i mean for me i definitely appreciate certain aspects of the management I was under before because yeah. I did learn a lot business-wise mm -hmm. from being there. However, I, you know, I'm an educator, so I mm -hmm. am with students that are, you know, my age and older most of the time yeah. and teaching in salons and things like that. I definitely, I know what it's like to have to kind of manage people and how to be around people. And I will say, ethically as you know mm. somebody who talks to other humans even when i'm as stressed as i am i still understand that you're dealing with humans and their feelings yeah. so yes i understand the stress of it mm -hmm. but do i handle it differently absolutely yeah um and i think having been through something like that and now being in a position of working with others it makes me kind of see those moments when I could get so frustrated that I mm -hmm. want to go off on people or lash out yes. or shut down, you know, yeah. and I don't because I remember what that was like yeah. being in those moments, the yeah. receiving person, you know? Yeah. So. I'm tr I was trying to look it up. I have a book, um, an audio book that I listened to, was, I would say a few years ago, it was probably... 2008 mm -hmm. and it was called it's called rocket fuel and i 
I'm trying to remember there, there's two types of people that it talks about in the book mm-hmm. and it's like the the dreamer the visionary mm-hmm. and then the person that god i can't remember what they call the other person but basically like the person that that puts it in action and okay. and how those two when they come together it's like rocket fuel and how they mix because there's the dreamer and then this right. person that's taking that dream and implementing it that's what it is implementing totally. that dream okay. on behalf of them and it's just how they have that working relationship and they they say so much that like in companies like it's very rare that you find something that's like one founder unless that's what they want like if you're starting a lifestyle business Mm-hmm. And that's like, it's just for you. And like, you've got, you understand where your growth is like, that's great. But if you're looking to build something and have this big, massive team or whatever, right. having that counterpartner that can um, help you as a dreamer implement those dreams is, totally. is massive. I've yet to find that person for me. I, I think like I have a very unique left brain, right brain thing where I'm like, I can implement things, but I'm also a dreamer. I've got my heads, my head's like in the clouds most totally. of the time. <laughs> so yeah. like, but then taking it and like making it practically happen is, is, uh, it's hard, but it's just, it shows the benefits of having, you know, those people around you. So definitely. And I think, you know, it's interesting that you say that because that's hairdressers in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think, and no offense, I know there's some of my hairdresser friends watching this, but hairdressers generally, and this is a generalization, uh-huh. it's a stereotype that's totally true. Um, <laughs> most hairdressers are not business-minded at all. Mm-hmm. And they are flaky and inconsistent. And I don't say that to bash my people, but that's the reason why so many people are employees or work for someone mm-hmm. else because it's really hard to successfully manage a business on your own when all you want to do is the fun part. So, you know, there are a lot of people. So what I do in being in a solo, I'm a business owner. Mm -hmm. I have my own suite and I do everything that is in there. So most people who try to go to do that, maybe they didn't like their boss or they weren't successful at their salon. So they think I'm just going to go be, you know, the ultimate independent contractor and start a sweet life. And then they get into it and they're not successful because there's so much more to running a salon, even if it's just you, than just cutting hair and making people, you know, feel good, Mm -hmm. which I wish that was the only thing that there was responsibility wise to do because it would be so much easier, but you throw in all your overhead, your inventory, your products, dealing with reps, dealing with unhappy clients. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have that person that's at the front desk that is going to be the buffer between Mm -hmm. somebody saying, I don't know, I don't like my hair, I don't want to pay for it. Mm -hmm. That's all you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why so many people get into a situation that they might not be successful in because they don't have the understanding before they start mm. that business yeah. in how they would handle that, you know? Yeah, yeah no, totally. So it's- somebody that is thinking about it, maybe it's a hair salon or starting their own little company or whatever, like, and, and they're scared. They're scared to kind of take that risk. And, you know, they didn't have somebody pull the rug out. From yeah, them they're yet. like thinking about <laughs> like it. you did? Yeah. <laughs> For me, I am the person that starts without thinking, 100%. You're, you're your own rug puller. Yeah, oh, for sure. I pull the rugs out in front of me all the time. And yeah, yeah. it's like, and I, I try these things and, I, and then I look back and like, oh my goodness, like I, 
that was a very bad decision. And like, I made a lot of mistakes along the way uh -huh. and I'm going to pay for those, but yeah, this also could have been easier. Yeah, this could have been a lot easier. And mm -hmm. so recently I've been trying to really hold, hold myself back. And right. cause I was one, like when I have this idea or have this dream, like I just dive into it. You know, I yeah. buy the domain. I start building the website, started talking about it. And I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like way ahead of myself. And Trigger like, I didn't build. Yeah. And I didn't build a good foundation. Like I had right. zero foundation for me to stand on and it crumbled. Um, right. and, uh, it, you know, and so it's a lesson learned for me of like, okay, I need to really lay the foundation and like, you know, for me, that's been like really disciplining myself to do market research and like understanding the market, understanding the needs, understanding right. the customers. Like, is this actually something that's a viable idea um, right. for me to move on? Um, but sorry, going back to my question, like those people who are on the fence and they have this thing, you know, idea, what advice would you give them in, in moving forward? I mean, if you have an idea or something, my, I'm a huge fan of like listing your pros and cons. Mm. That's one of my favorite things ever in anything, yeah. any decision-making. I think listing your pros and cons and physically writing it down mm -hmm. um, is a huge thing. I'm really big on goal setting. I love my paper and pen. Yes. <laughs> I, I, yes. I'm so with you. Like goal setting, writing it down. Don't type it in your phone, physically write it on a piece of paper in a notebook, whatever. Yeah. And for me, like you said, doing your research, laying down a solid foundation. Um, if somebody were to have, like, let's say you have a day job and mm -hmm. this might not be suitable for hairdressers necessarily, but anybody who's wanting to make that next jump or start in anything, one, like full Nike, just do it. Like yeah. you have an idea, do it, but think about it in the process as far as if you have a day job, keep it. Yeah. Don't fully quit your day job and go, you know, elbow deep in this other project that may or may not work out right away. Mm -hmm. um, if you can keep that job or whatever that source of income, so you're not killing yourself and then stressed about finances mm -hmm. on top of everything else um, and make a plan. So yeah. for me, I wish I would have been able to have the option to make a plan, hmm. um, especially on the financial side. Because mm -hmm. I completely, and, and then again with like the jumping into things. <laughs> yeah. So when, so like little backstory, when I started my studio it was because my salon had flooded. So mm -hmm. I was at an in-between salon and things were going well. The salon flooded. Our insurance company was not doing their job. And it went from being out of work for two weeks to then three, then four, then five, then yeah. six. And I was like, okay it's about to be the holidays and I can't, mm. I was basically squatting at my friend's salon and mm. paying her by the day essentially. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need, I need to make something happen. So mm. I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, coincidentally, everything kind of just fell into place domino wise, mm. but I should have, and I regret not doing this now, but whatever. Mm. I was like, I want my salon to look how I want it to look. I want, everything to be perfect when my clients come in. I want to have full retail ready for sale. I want to have blah, 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 mm. blah. So I blew oh, through wow. my All in. Yeah. I went for it because, and that's how I am. Like when I move into a new house, the first night I'm there, I've got stuff on the walls. <laughs> I've got my plants set up because I just want it to feel like my home. So yeah. if I, I just put my hand, I didn't know my dog was right there. <laughs> um, 
I wish that I would have not done that mm. because financially, so, you know, you start a business, you have to pay for your business license, establishment license, yeah. your rent, your, you know, everything. And I went from being an employee somewhere and having just spilled coffee everywhere. Oh. Um, I went from having everything. So I had mm -hmm. color bowls, towels, trays, actual color, you know, yeah. everything was provided at that salon. So I had to go purchase all those things to even do my job. Yeah. So that was a huge expense to begin with. And then throw in me wanting to have, you know, everything, you know, product wise and have specific shelves and have a specific look and all this. And luckily I had a lot of decor already that I was mm -hmm. able to kind of transition to my salon. But I spent hundreds of dollars getting everything all situated and I should have just waited and yeah. waited until I had the extra income because it wasn't a necessity. It, it yeah. was something that it could have waited. Yeah, but, you could have rolled it out. You know, yeah. in, in and I could have phases. done little by little. I could have done, you know, shampoos and conditioners first. I yeah. could have done whatever first, but instead... Yeah. I bought an opener and yeah. I spent, you know, a ton of money and yeah. had my shelves looking exactly how I wanted, but then I had no savings. Yeah. I had no wiggle room for, you yeah. know, if I got a flat tire, I was SOL. If something happened, that was it. So, yeah. and I, I made a, I can relate. I made a similar mistake for the, the, one of the first applications that I built and designed mm -hmm. um, and the like company that I started, I built a great business and, oh, excuse me, I built a great product. Like yeah. I built a killer product. Like the product was beautiful and it had zero flaws, but I built, I, I didn't build a business. I built no business support this beautiful yeah. product. Yeah. And so in a sense, it's like you had this awesome salon to build it and they will come yeah. type thing. You know? And then you're like, oh wait, where's everybody? Yeah. <laughs> type idea. Yeah. And I mean, luckily for me, I had a clientele, you know, yeah. it wasn't like I was starting brand new yeah, in yeah. the industry and I have no clientele. So I knew there was income coming, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but eventually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that, you know, and I didn't yeah. want to take out a business loan. I didn't want to start, you know, open up like a business credit card. I didn't want to yeah. do any of that. And again, looking back, I probably should have because that would have been probably a smarter mm. thing to do rather than blow through my savings that I'm say, yeah, still yeah. building up. But, yeah. you know, I'm 26 and yeah. I can, I'm going to be working forever and I love working. So I know that I will continue to build a savings. So at the end of the day, you can always make more money, but that's something I definitely would have done differently. So, you know, back to my ramble of the original question is, making pros and cons yeah listing and planning things you know write down goals and dates and hold yourself accountable um because if you're super psyched on something it's so easy to go off the deep end and yeah. and you'll justify every step of the way you know yeah. like yeah. i just spent a thousand dollars i didn't have but look at how pretty my shelf is yeah, and, yeah. you know you gotta spend money to make money but yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. that yin and yeah, it's a chicken for the egg, yin and yang. It's like which one comes first and it's it's a it's not an easy answer, but I do right. agree with you that you know, you need to make that plan and when you're planning it out, also planning out the budget and how you're going to roll it out in phases. Okay, what are the steps that I'm going to take? What do I need? What I, what do I don't need? And again, I can relate it to I'm currently I've got this idea that I'm I'm working on. It's funny. You've said it a few times, savings, but it's yeah. a savings it's a savings app 
or saving platform, whatever you want to call it, and call, uh -huh. the working title is called Rainy Days. Cool. Because I because I feel like so so many of my friends right now are, are going through it with what we're going through right now with Absolutely. everything being shut down. And they have no rainy day account. Like they're trying to I like, spent mine on shampoo. <laughs> how they're, how they're gonna pay their rent and all these bills and it's only been like 15, 20 days or whatever. And but they're like, How am I gonna do this? And so I'm like, wow, like I wanna do something where it helps people with rainy days. And I've got this list of ideas, like it could do that. Like maybe we could tackle unemployment for contractors. Like how does that work? Right. Maybe, right. maybe I could tackle like loans, like short-term loans. And maybe it depends on the loan value. It depends on like how much they have in savings and like all this kind of stuff. But I'm right. like, whoa, like it doesn't need to be everything at first. You know, exactly. like, so that's what that's I'm going to tell myself. It's like, yeah, like maybe it's literally just as simple as like, here's my savings goal and just putting a little bit of money in there. And that's all I want people to be able to do with it. You know what I mean? Totally. It's like having that rainy day accounts. And, and so. for most people, that's a foreign yeah. concept. You know, I, um, I was just having this conversation with one of my students before school shut down and he was sitting there, he came in and he was like, all right, guys, I don't know, Tracy, if you're watching, I'm putting you on blast, but <laughs> he like had all his bank statements and he was like, you guys, this is how much money I have coming in each month. And this is how much I'm spending. What am I doing? And I'm like, well, <laughs> well, you're spending a lot of money, first yeah. of all, which there's nothing wrong with. But, you know, something as simple as taking part of your paycheck and having it automatically put into a savings mm -hmm. account instead of all direct deposited into your checking account. Most people don't even realize you can do that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like you never even saw the money anyways. Yeah. But uh, so little things like that where it's like, just like you said, it could just be something small uh, that it could be monumental for somebody else who isn't massive, already doing that. Massive, who yeah. isn't? Have you ever heard of that? I don't know who it is, but he does the envelopes where you put cash into envelopes. Um, it's I, like I could, a, is it Dave Ramsey? It might be. I don't know. It might, I don't know. It's either, my guess. But, yeah, but it's I like, know he's a big cash guy, so that's my yeah, name kind of comes to mind. Yeah, putting cash into but... envelopes that are for specific things. Yeah. So that's another thing that, you know, for me, that wouldn't work because yeah. if I have cash, like I... Oh, me neither. Yeah. It's basically like I have no money because it's not in my account. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I feel like most people feel like they, if they have cash, they're aware of how much they're spending, but mm -hmm. I'm the opposite. If it's in my account where my bills are coming out of, I won't touch it. But yeah, if I've yeah. got cash floating around in my purse, it's like it wasn't even there. Yeah, it wasn't even there. It's so, like play money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, so I think, I think that's a great idea. It's just starting something small. You know, like I always do the $5. Yeah. If I get a $5 bill, I put it in a jar on my kitchen, on top of my refrigerator. Awesome. Whether it's change, whether it's, yeah. you know, any like a tip or something like that mm -hmm. just put it away put it away put it away save yeah. it um and see where it comes okay so what's next for you what are you currently working on we got like five more minutes and then my kids are dying to have lunch okay <laughs> gotta eat lunch um so i mean as far i really i don't know because yeah. this is all crazy right now but something that I had been wanting to work on and wanting to do that I wasn't doing because I didn't have time. I didn't mm. make time, I'll say. Mm. Um, I wanted to get more involved on YouTube and mm. doing more online content and yeah. doing things like that. And this opened up my schedule. So I've been doing it. Um, cool. I don't know how to edit videos. I don't know how to do any of that, but I'm learning. 
and I have a friend that's been helping me out and I ask him a million questions. I'm like, okay, wait, how do you do this? How do you do that? He's like, could you look up a video on how to do it? I'm like, go on YouTube. Ask you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've been teaching myself how to edit videos so I don't have to rely on someone else to do it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm, you know, my at home studio, so it's not fabulous, but that's kind of my project that I'm doing now is yeah. working on that. And then once all this gets mm -hmm. over, hopefully being able to have a little bit more reach and travel more to teach and doing all that cool. kind of stuff. So that's kind of my goal. My goal this year was to travel to teach more, but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Something. With yeah. All this. Well, my, my daughters call it the germ. Uh, yes, the germ. The, the germ. The germ came in. And... The germ. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But hey, but it was so good seeing you. It like, was great. I, seeing I you could too. do this for so long. I just, I love seeing you, and you're just, you're such an inspiration for me. I'll never forget the first beard trim that I got. I walked out of there feeling like a million bucks. I love it that. It's not here anymore. But I need, to, <laughs> I need to come see you again to get my hair is like crazy long. It's so and, long. And just. Anyway, I need to come get my haircut when this is all said and done. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, my schedule will be ready for clients. Oh, I'm telling all right. You. <laughs> well, all thanks right. so much for doing this live. Have fun uh, feeding your kids. We'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye.